Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Do Till Sermons podcast, where every week we share the sermons of Do Till Church. I'm Tom Parkinson, the senior pastor at Do Till, and we'd love for you to follow these sermons every week. So please be sure to click like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, and you'll find this sermon every week. Today, we come to the last installment of our 18-minute series in which we've been exploring the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Today's sermon is called The Road Less Traveled, and it's from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. We hope that this message brings you meaning and inspiration. We come today to the final chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. And if I had to use one word to describe the theme of this chapter, that word would be judgment. Jesus begins Matthew chapter 7 with this simple command, do not judge. And by that, Jesus means that we should never put ourselves in a position to condemn somebody else and to look down and assume that somebody else is beyond the reach of God's saving grace. Jesus knows that as we go out and encounter people in the world, that we will encounter people who choose to live differently than we do. And we will encounter people who choose to live in sin and don't even acknowledge that it's sin. And in such moments, Jesus says, do not put yourself above, folks. Do not put yourself in a place to speak condemnation to others. Instead, Jesus offers us this advice in Matthew 7, 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. We call that the golden rule. And Jesus gives the golden rule in the context of calling us not to judge others. In other words, you don't want to be judged based on the worst things you've ever done. So don't judge others based on the worst things they've done. And you don't want to be labeled or condemned based on your beliefs, values, or lifestyle. So don't do that to other people. Right? Do not judge, Jesus says. And yet, even as Jesus commands us not to judge in the sense of condemning others, He also knows that there are certain judgments that we do have to make in life. In particular, we have to make moral judgments. We have to make decisions about what's right and what's wrong, about what is true and what is a lie. And we have to live our lives accordingly. And so on one level, Jesus says, don't judge, don't condemn others. But he also knows that we need to make good moral judgments. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addresses two areas in our lives where we need to make wise moral judgments. And that is around the choices we make and the counsel we take. We need to make good moral judgments about the choices we make and the counsel we take. And I want to spend just a few minutes today talking about each of these areas. First, Jesus says, you've got to make good judgments about the choices that you make. Every one of us make a lot of choices every day. You may remember in 1989, Stephen Covey published a wildly popular book called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And, and the second habit that Covey identifies is that effective or successful people are those who begin with the end in mind. That if you want to be successful, you ought to have a goal, an end goal in mind, and then you make your decisions 
today oriented toward tomorrow's goal. Well, that principle is really what Jesus wants to drive at in the Sermon on the Mount, that when you live your life, you ought to make your daily choices using the criteria of the end goal that you're seeking. And remember, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has said, we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and our end goal is the eternal life we find in that kingdom. And Jesus has called upon us to be perfect. That is, to model our lives after the perfect one who is Jesus, to become more and more like Christ. And so to begin with the end in mind from Jesus' point of view is to say, make your choices so that they are in alignment with your end goal to pursue the things of heaven. And so Jesus says this in Matthew 7, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus gives us this analogy, we all face it, that you have these choices to make in your life, and it's like there are two paths presented to you. And how do you decide what choice to make? How do you make a good judgment about the path? Well, Jesus says, if you're going to look at situations in your life and say, well, what's the easiest path? Or if you're going to look and say, well, what's the path everybody else is taking? That's not a good way to make choices. Because Jesus says, when you take the wide path and the one that everybody else is taking, that will often lead you to destruction. Instead, Jesus says, you ought to ask yourself, What's at the end of the path? And what you want is you want to make a choice that's going to lead you closer to your end goal, which is to be more like Jesus. So you ought to ask yourself, what would allow me to be closer to Christ? What would allow me to be closer to God's kingdom? And guess what? Sometimes that's a narrower path. I think this is a powerful teaching. Because I know that in my life, and I'm sure it's true in your life, temptation typically comes to us as a short-term gain, but a long-term loss. Isn't that true? Right? We're tempted to shortcut our values for the sake of expediency, for the sake of, of quick fixes or quick satisfactions. Right? And, and Jesus says, look, that maybe looks like the easier road. It looks like the wider road. It might be the more popular road. But once you get onto that road, where is it going to end? Well, it's not going to end good for you. And so he says, you've got to know this. If you're going to be my disciple, you need to learn to choose the Jesus way even when it's the hard way. And you've got to learn to make moral judgments that say, I'm going to choose the Jesus way even though it's less convenient, even though it's more difficult than the way that might want to take or that the world might tell me to take. And, and let me give you some examples of what that looks like. Earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you should love your enemy. And when your enemy strikes you on one cheek, you should turn and offer the other cheek. Do you know how hard that is to do? Right? The moment comes that somebody lashes out at you, every part of you wants that quick fix of telling them off, right? And every part of you wants that quick moment of getting even. But that's the broad path. It's the easy path. But it's not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is biting the tongue. The Jesus way is forgiving when it's hard to forgive. The Jesus way is slowing yourself down enough to not sit in judgment over the person that's wronged you, but to 
love your neighbor as yourself. You can see in this way, Jesus is trying to give us a new imagination for how we create our daily choices. Stop trying to find the path of least resistance in your life and start beginning with the end in mind. What will lead me closer to Jesus and what will lead me on the path toward the kingdom of heaven? In the Old Testament, when the Israelites finally settled in the promised land after all those years of wandering, they faced a great temptation. All of the surrounding nations worshipped false gods, idols, and they constantly were pressuring the Israelites to do the same. And on one level, that would have made life easier for the Israelites. They would have got along with their neighbors a lot better if they'd have just gone along with what everybody else was doing. And there's a great passage in Joshua 24 where Joshua says to the Israelites, Choose this day whom you shall serve. As for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. What was Joshua doing in that moment? He was choosing the narrow path. It was a more difficult path, but he was making a moral judgment. And the judgment was, it might be easier and more convenient to follow the gods of this world, but I know that that doesn't lead us to a good place. If we want to go to God's true promised land and experience true freedom in God's glory, then we've got to take the narrow path. So in your life, you should not sit in judgment on those who live differently than you, but you do need to make judgments about how you're going to live differently than the world. And every day, make choices that align you with God's goal for your life to become more like Christ. Now, Jesus knows that when we're faced with choices in life, that the road ahead isn't always clear. It's not always easy to know which path or which direction is going to lead us to more Christ-likeness. And so every single one of us will need counsel in our life. We need teachers. We need friends, we need mentors, we need people who will help us discern how to make wise choices. And Jesus knew that. And He knew that we would need to be very conscious and intentional about the counsel that we choose to take. It gives us a pretty pretty stark warning in Matthew 7, verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. What's a false prophet? It's someone who claims to speak God's truth, but it's not actually God's truth they're speaking. They claim to speak for God. They claim to act for God. But if you follow their counsel, they're actually a ferocious wolf. It'll devour you. It'll lead you on a path that doesn't lead to life, but that leads to death. And Jesus says, you're going to find people in the world who act like they're godly, but they're not. So how can you tell if a sheep or if a wolf is dressed like a sheep, how can you tell it's a wolf? Well, Jesus gives us the criteria in verse 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So if you were ever looking at a tree... It does not matter what that tree looks like. The fruit on the tree will tell you what the tree really is. If it's an apple on the tree, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's an apple tree. And by the way, if that apple is rotten, it doesn't matter what the tree looks like. There's rottenness in the tree. 
right? A, a tree with rot in it will produce spoiled fruit. So if you got spoiled fruit, it doesn't matter how nice the tree might look. Something in the roots is wrong. It's a bad tree. In the same way, Jesus says, when you're going to take counsel from somebody, when you're going to take advice from somebody, you ought to look at the fruit. The fruit of their life will tell you whether or not they're genuinely giving counsel that's godly advice. And so I want to give you just three criteria that you could apply to your life before you decide to take someone's counsel. And you could apply this to your pastor. You could apply this to friends, mentors, counselors, like professional counselors, bosses, right? Ask yourself this when you're tempted to take somebody's counsel. Number one, when I see this person, do they remind me of the character and speech of Jesus? Do I see them in their characteristics trying to live out the characteristics of Jesus? And do, when I hear them speak, are their words in accordance with the words Jesus spoke? That's a good test. Now, there is no human being who's going to perfectly reflect the character of Jesus, who's going to perfectly speak a, a message that's perfectly aligned with Jesus. But it's a good test to ask, does this seem to be a person who's trying to follow Jesus themselves? And the second criteria for taking someone's counsel is, what is the fruit of their counsel in the lives of those they influence? Take a look at the other people who are taking their advice, and where are they ending up? Do they seem to be leading more godly lives? Or are they following the masses? And then third, ask yourself this, who is getting the glory? A sure and certain sign that somebody is misleading you is if they're getting all the glory. Right? A, a true godly teacher will reflect all glory to God, will give all praise to God, will invite people to submit themselves to God. But if you've got somebody who's trying to give you counsel and it seems like there's only something in it for them, well, there's a sign that this might not be counsel to take. So Jesus says, in your life, you've got to make good moral judgments. You've got to make good judgments about the choices you make every day, which means you need to be thoughtful about who you allow to counsel you to help you navigate and steer the direction of your life. And then Jesus closes the Sermon on the Mount by saying that when you do this, when you are thoughtful about the choices you make and when you allow the, the teaching of Jesus to become the lens through which you view the world, that you are building your life on a foundation of rock. And when the wind and waves of life begin to, to rise and you're built on the rock, you'll be able to withstand it. And you'll be able to stay on the path that leads to life. But if you are unwise in the choices you make, if you make poor judgments about who counsels you, well, that's like building your house on a sand. And when the wind and the waves rise up, it gets swept out from under you and your life crumbles. And that's the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's quite a journey, isn't it? Jesus says that we are members of the kingdom of heaven. He invites us to be blessed by the values of the kingdom. He calls us to be salt and light. He calls us to be perfect as He is perfect. He, he invites us not to live hypocritically. 
He invites us not to worry about our lives, but to place full trust in God. And then He invites us to look to Jesus as our holy counselor and to make choices every day that align with God's choices for us. And that's the Sermon on the Mount. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this week's message. If you'd like to take a next step in responding to the message, you can click the link in the description and you can find a message discussion guide that'll allow you to reflect on the message and maybe even join a small group. Also, we'd love to have you worship with us at Dewtill Church. You can worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11 o'clock, or you can worship live online at dewtillchurch.org. Be sure to stop back next week when we'll continue our series with our next message.